morning you're listening to Subject ACT on 2XX 98.3 FM, where we explore local current affairs from a curious and community perspective. It's Monday the 21st of March. I'm Becca Posterino. Today we'll meet some courageous, generous and inspiring ACT women with shared but different experiences of cancer. Kay Howe received her diagnosis of cancer with strength and practicality and maintains a very realistic but philosophical view of life beyond her treatment. I also met with Caroline McIntyre, Manager of Volunteer Programs at Canberra Region Cancer Centre based at the Canberra Hospital. She explains the vital role of volunteers caring for patients and families experiencing cancer. I also met with Sally Saunders from Bosom Buddies, a volunteer organisation offering support for women and families here in the ACT. Coming up now, Kay Howe shares her personal story of breast cancer. I'm Becca Posterino. You're listening to Subject ACT on 2XX 98.3 FM. Kay, can you tell me what it was like for you to hear the diagnosis of breast cancer? Well, to be perfectly honest with it, I was not surprised. I'm very intuitive and I felt that was going to be the verdict. I'd had some pre-warning the year before, which I had sought treatment for, not treatment, in fact, scans done, and it all showed that it was clear, but I had this niggling doubt that things weren't quite right. So when it became time for my mammogram, routine mammogram, um, it showed up, and when I got the call back, I knew I was going to be one of those women in the room that was diagnosed. So it was of no real surprise. And I just accepted it. So when was this diagnosis made? What year was that? That was uh, end of January uh, 2012. And was anyone with you at the time when the diagnosis came through? Yes, my daughter was with me. And we sat there together, both knowing that it would probably be the case. And we left together and we went home and we just started putting a plan in place. You started to put a plan in place of how you would emotionally deal with it or how you would practically deal with it or all of the above? All of the the above, really. We contacted my best uh, female friend and she came over and we watched... We were watching um, the Cotter Dam spillover that night. I can remember that quite clearly. And um, we just talked about it. We knew that I would have to see a surgeon and what would go into place after that and follow up treatment according to that. We just got on with it, really. So what were some of the things that you talked about, if you don't mind, you don't have to go into detail, but what were some of the things that came up in that conversation with your best friend and your daughter? that night well it was always positive it was I was very grateful that I was healthy apart from having the cancer and that I was strong and physically fit and I had a good attitude about it I never once thought why me because I always felt with this sort of thing or with anything that happens to people is why anyone so really it was just more some more practical things as as to how I would go about my job and letting my family know and I wasn't afraid. I can certainly say I wasn't afraid in it. I just, I don't know, just something else sort of took over to allow me to go through what I had to do and even when I had surgery six weeks later I had two lots of surgery 
because they wanted to get a bit more margin material. A wonderful surgeon. Both times I was not afraid for that and afraid of the outcome. I had a good outcome and went on then to have chemotherapy and radiotherapy. So after you, your daughter and your best friend became aware, you started to tell close family, friends and people in passing that you would meet. How did they react to you sharing with them that you had breast cancer? From memory about it, everyone was just positive that it would be a good outcome for me. And I think because I was dealing, especially once I started visiting the hospital and visiting the breast nurses, meeting so many people that were on this journey, so many wonderful women in particular, that were so strong. And I remember when I started chemotherapy, I thought, I can do this. I've watched children go through chemo, and if they can do it, not knowing why they're doing it, that it's even going to help them, I can do it. Who were some of the people that you met along the way that maybe did change you or maybe did touch your heart to the point where you still remember them and in some way they have shaped you? I'm sure you've had that effect on other people that you met along your way. And what did you learn from them? Well, a lot of the people, I guess, were people that were having treatments. And I remember one occasion uh, walking up the steps of Calvary Hospital and there was a woman coming down the steps and she stopped to talk to me because at this stage I had my little pretty hats on and I just wore the little soft type hats. And um, she asked me how I was going and, um, and told me that she was a survivor as well. And she told me the story that she got through one year of it and then found breast cancer in her other breast and had to go back and do it all over again and I said to her oh I don't think I could do that and she said of course you can of course you will be able to do it because that's just what happens and at the end of my treatment after thinking oh I couldn't do that again I now think well if I could do that again because you know that it passes you know that you you get well again well hopefully you get well a lot of the people that influenced that impressed me were the ladies that run Heads Up uh, or volunteer work and um, I think I kept them going. Every time I had chemo I'd go and buy some more hats and um, just impressed with their stories and the stories that they had to tell about people. Um, Also other people that were at Zeta Mary that were not breast cancer, they were just other people having... um, Um, treatments and knowing that some of them were really 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 sick and there was just this wonderful peaceful sense of calm there with these sick people and they all had really good attitudes and most of them like jube lollies as well because I asked them if they had a craving for sugar and they all said they all had a craving for sugar while they were having chemo so I felt much better about that. How do you see yourself as well as how have you been seen by doctors? Well, as far as the doctors go, I still have uh, regular um, uh, ultrasound and mammograms done every year and I, I'm, I have checked up t- 
twice a year with my oncologist now, it's dropped down to twice a year, once a year with my surgeon. That will happen with my surgeon till five years, not in remission till five years. People around me have said, you'll be right, nothing will happen. Well, you're always compromised. I'm treated as compromised with my GP as far as, you know, I never had flu shots before and all things. Finally, what would you like to say to women, to families involved in a family member or friend going through breast cancer? What would you like to say to them? I think be really supportive, but not necessarily too sympathetic because it is so much there but it's so much supported thank people embrace people and just get on with it to women girls just want to have fun on the program today we would like to welcome caroline mcintyre manager of volunteer programs at canberra region cancer center we'll start with you caroline Can you explain your role as a volunteer manager of the program? Absolutely. Well, as I say, I have been the volunteer manager at the Cambridge and Cancer Centre. It's a brand new program. We just started, um, well, the hospital is new. The Cancer Centre is new. We opened in August last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's still a very new program. And the role that I take started at at the time that, the cancer centre was built so Mm -hmm. we came from scratch Um, Mm. having said that we did used to have some hand and foot massage volunteers that were part of the program for many years before Mm -hmm. but the general volunteers was a new program so that began uh, last year in Mm -hmm. August Um, no year before in August Mm -hmm. Um, we are very very privileged to have the group of volunteers that we do Mm -hmm. have within the hospital they do an incredible job um, and we've as I say because we started from scratch we've been able to design the program Mm -hmm. completely with our patients and carers in mind Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a lovely volunteering role and it's a lovely job for me so how many volunteer teams are there what are their ages who are these people who are getting involved with uh, volunteering Um, yeah we're very fortunate we have um, our youngest volunteers at 18 we have a number of young volunteers which I love to have Mm. Um, I think of course there's always that perception that that cancer strikes the elderly and which of course it Mm. does but it also strikes young people of course and our our volunteer base is is very diverse and Mm -hmm. it actually we we want it to reflect our patients as well so we've got a lot of younger volunteers a lot of university students Mm. they do an incredibly good job Um, they bring a bit of of joy into into the center and they bring their own dynamic with it Um, through to our older volunteers who do an equally wonderful job job mm. we have one of everything and two of mm. some and I think that's the way we really enjoy um, having that diversity. So can you describe some of the feedback that you've received as a result of your volunteers? Mm. I think all of my volunteers would say that the one thing that they get every single shift that they come in um, is thanks from the patients and the carers. Mm. Um, they are in no doubt that what they're doing is making a difference. Mm. And I think that's a lovely thing as a volunteer. You don't volunteer for the thanks, but the facts are that when you get it, it really does make you feel mm. good about what you're doing. Absolutely. Every single day they're, they're given that kind of feedback, um, particularly up in the inpatient ward or up on level four where we do our treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I was actually, it was interesting, before I left yesterday, um, I was going out the front door and there was a lady who'd been sitting there for a while and, and mm-hmm. she was she'd actually just come in to have a cup of coffee mm-hmm. um, and she stopped me on as I was leaving and she said I just wanted to say to you I was watching your volunteers she said I'm not a patient here I've just come for a cup of coffee but I was watching what they do and she said if I was a patient the welcome that they give them the care that they take of mm-hmm. people coming in really would make a difference and, mm-hmm. and I just want to thank you for and please pass that on to, to your volunteers which I thought was lovely yeah objective feedback too yes. just watching it all Absolutely. Place. What does it do for 
the volunteers to volunteer? How what how do they feel and what do they yeah. get out of it? If if any, I'm yeah. sure there's many things they do. Absolutely. But. Um, I think for the volunteers, as I say, it's it's real volunteering. It's mm. hands-on volunteering. Mm. Um, with the nature of cancer treatment, um, our patients are often in for a long period of time. And mm-hmm. often they're in the same day of the week, which might be the same day that our volunteers mm-hmm. on. So our volunteers get to know our patients. So they mm-hmm. obviously do build up some kind of relationship mm-hmm. um, with that patient. So they'll see them through the good times and the bad times. Mm-hmm. And obviously... We would love everyone to have a good outcome. That's not the way it always mm. is. But they travel that road with them mm. um, and they're there to support them and help them and keep them company and a, a listening ear when they need it mm. and a cup of tea mm. um, and just somebody that as soon as a patient or carer comes in, they'll see that familiar face. So mm. I think the volunteers feel they really are making a difference mm. and I know that they are. I think mm. they know that they are. And as I say, to be able to volunteer in a situation where you are dealing directly with the mm. with the patients is is quite unusual, yes. and something that very my personal. volunteers very mm. personal, um, difficult at times, mm. not of always course. easy, but always rewarding. Mm. So, what are some of the services that the volunteers provide? Um, I think the first person that you will see when you come into the centre will be a volunteer in a purple shirt. Mm-hmm. They um, they hang out at the at the entrance, and we have a beautiful new building. It's a five story mm. building. It really is full of light and, mm. and air which is a, is a wonderful place to come into and our volunteers do a meet and greet service mm-hmm. with the closest point to the multi-story car park so we get a lot of people that are trying <laughs> to go to another part of the hospital um, so they do a lot of walking when they're down <laughs> at the door but they're there we welcome new patients so mm. we we have a list every day of new patients coming mm-hmm. in um, and we take them up and introduce them around show them the facilities that mm-hmm. are available um, just give them a bit of an orientation mm-hmm. um, show them the key things like where the pathology department is mm-hmm. so that they know where to go for their blood test little things that become important later they might not be on your first visit but you'll want to know those things so they do a a wonderful meet and greet service as a first point of contact Um, and then we have we have our trolley that goes around the treatment areas and it's a lovely thing we ask staff and volunteers to donate a mug to our Mm -hmm. trolley because like most hospitals we have disposable cups and your cup of tea doesn't taste quite the same in one of those so we had a a lovely um an amazing amount of beautiful new mugs i said to people i don't want your horrible chip mug that's sitting in the the back of your cupboard Um, we could do a call out for mugs and and mugs of the drinking kind Uh, yeah and a pretty one (laughs) yes and so we've had all these beautiful mugs donated um and so they do a tea and coffee service um my volunteers are beautiful they bring in biscuits they buy things themselves that they bring in to put on Mm. the trolley um, and that's something that they really appreciate. We do a lot of patient visits, particularly mm. in the inpatient ward. Um, we get referrals from our psychosocial team for people that are suffering a bit of social isolation. Mm. Um, I've got a team of volunteers that do hair washing, oh. um, which is, a, a you know, when you're in bed and you, you just don't feel like moving of to have course. someone come and do that incredible team of hand and foot Mm. massage volunteers who we have them in every single day of the week Mm. they go through our treatment areas radiation oncology but also in our inpatients as well and they provide hand and foot massage Mm. um, which is a a wonderfully relaxing thing sometimes you'll see some of the patients fall asleep when they're and then of course we'd have the things that just come up and my volunteers always come in every morning to my office and say oh what have you got for us today because they know it'll never be a normal day where it's <laughs> run of the mill there's always something different um but they're amazing and they're mm. always happy to help with whatever is going mm. on within the centers as long as we're looking after our patients mm. and carers 
How important are these volunteers to patients and their families? They say the, the personal friendship that they foster yeah. and that companionship seems yes. to be a crucial aspect. And they must be so important. I think it, I, I think I've been incredibly lucky. The feedback that I've had from the staff um, at the centre. Um, has been incredibly positive. They mm. all feel that the volunteer program has lifted the the centre and what we do there um, to to a new level. Because mm. having so, we have fifty volunteers at the moment within our 50. group, yes, wow. um, and we're growing all the time mm. because we also look after. We're about to start a trial program at Breast Screen, mm-hmm. um, putting volunteers in there, and there are other things on the cards as well. So mm. we're, we continue to grow, mm. um, but I think. Um, the staff have really welcomed they've been incredibly welcoming to the volunteers mm-hmm. um, and they've realized that that what they're there to do is to support mm-hmm. what the staff do mm-hmm. um, which has gone has been very very successful and, and there's a lovely relationship now between the volunteers and the staff they all know each other very well was Kay Howe sharing her very personal story of breast cancer. Before that, I met Caroline McIntyre, Manager of Volunteer Programs at Canberra Region Cancer Centre, based at the Canberra Hospital, and Bill Withers with the classic track Lean On Me. Stay with us now to meet Sally Saunders from Bosom Buddies to discover the valuable volunteer role of this ACT organisation. I'm Becca Postorino. You're listening to Subject ACT 98.3 2XXFM.
We're talking to Sally Saunders today. She is a woman who has experienced breast cancer and is a volunteer of the organisation Bosom Buddies, Canberra, which offers support to women and families enduring breast cancer. Welcome, Sally. Thank you. I'm happy to share stories about Bosom Buddies and promote its work. Well, can you tell us what Bosom Buddies is? Well, Bosom Buddies is a local group. It's only in the ACT, in its region. And it was started 20 years ago this year by a group of women who were supporting a friend. And they realized that women experiencing breast cancer in their families really needed support. And out of it grew this organization. And it's just gone on for 20 years. The first thing most people learn about Bosom Buddies is it's a place you can call and get contacted. You can contact, or they'll contact you, a group of women who are trained by the hospitals and who can visit the hospitals under MOUs, uh, Memorandums of Understanding. Uh, They can go visit, or they might make a phone call, and the specialist breast care nurses give them a list every week of women. It would be good if they could visit or call. People may not know, but there's about 450 women who go through the breast cancer experience every year in, in, Canberra. in Canberra. One out of eight women in Australia is going to experience breast cancer in her lifetime. And for most of us, it's a real surprise. Very few have a history of, can- of breast cancer in their family. Most, it's just, where did this come from? I mean, for me, nobody in my family for generations ever had cancer. For many women going through It really helps first to have a role model Mm. or role models of people who've been there, been through it, Mm. and seem to be living pretty good lives. Secondly, it helps to have people to talk with. Mm. Little things will come up, Mm. and they'll worry or fester, and it really helps to be able to talk to other women who have been through it. Mm. When I went through breast cancer, I still remember a call I got from a bosom buddy. Um, I had just finished my third chemo treatment, and I was very depressed. Mm. And I had to work all the way through because I'm divorced. I have no family. I didn't have a choice. I had to work all the way through. Um, She just called me up and talked to me. And I talked about how I was feeling and what I was experiencing with chemo. And she chatted with me for about 25 minutes. And when I hung up, I thought, this is all normal. It's okay. I'm just going to get through this. And it's that having someone there to share can be very, very helpful. And many women just continue to socialize. Mm for the long-term effects as well. Mm. So how did you discover Bosom Buddies? Uh, My cancer was discovered by breast screen. A breast screening. A breast screening. Mm. And why people don't want to have breast screens, I don't understand, Mm. because only half of all the women who qualify go and get them. Was it the first breast screen that you'd ever had? No. No? No. I'd been having them um, regularly from Mm. age 40 on. Okay. and so when I was here in Australia at 50 on, I started going to breast screen. Sure. And they discovered it. And so when they do that, there's a counseling nurse who talks to you about what's available. And they give you a lot of information. And one of them was information about this group called Bosom mm-hmm. Buddies. And I wanted to talk to somebody. You have a lot of decisions to make. You go see a surgeon And you've got all these decisions to make about what you want done and what your choices are, what kind of surgery you will have, do you want reconstruction or not. And there you are all by yourself. Uh, So I wanted somebody to talk with, so I called them. Mm. And they were wonderful. Mm. So how important is it for women and families to have community support during this experience? Well, it depends on the person. For me, it was wonderful because I'm by myself. My family live on the other side of the earth. 
um, friends really rallied around me, but it was wonderful to have a group who could really tell me what I needed to know. Mm. But for me, the important thing was when I finished treatment. So I had surgery, I had chemotherapy, I had radiation therapy, and then I started drug therapy for six and a half years. So I realized when my friends started saying, so are you cured? Um, that, that maybe I needed yes. to find somebody else to support me. I mm. knew I wasn't cured. Mm. I knew it would be five years before they even told me I was okay, and 10 before they said, well, that one's clearly gone. Mm. So I went to an event. Sure. I went to an occasion at Bosom Buddies, and I discovered all these support people. I sat down at a table, and I said to somebody, I'm so tired all the time. <laughs> and this woman said, well, when did you finish treatment? And I said, um, last week. And she laughed. Laughter is very important. She <laughs> laughed. And she said, I'm a nurse. I'll and I want to tell you that it'll be two or three years before you have your full energy back. So those kinds of things of helping mm. you realize what you're going through. So what is it like to sit down in that moment of utter exhaustion where you feel like you're having this foreign experience from most of the population and to actually be in a room with other people who might understand what you're going through and to be able to give you genuine insight was was that just an amazing comfort oh yes and a wonderful connection I mean suddenly I had a whole group of new friends to share a very important experience I mean somebody tells you you have a disease that could kill you I was told I had a 74 percent chance of surviving I had the most aggressive level of breast cancer and you know it's just suddenly there are these friends and there are all these role models of people who have done it and gotten through it and tell you the positives and make you laugh yeah um and so that i think is really important there's another young gal i know who's an active volunteer she's quite young she was in her 30s still and her sister called and said, my sister's going through this. What can we do? How can we help? And people started meeting with them. And they all brought her along to Bosom Buddies. And, and the sisters went through everything with her and came to all the Bosom Buddies events until finally she was involved enough to feel supported. Yeah. So it's not just the women. I mean, sometimes the families have to come. Of course. Mm. So what are some of those day-to-day -day challenges that we who have not experienced this and who have no insight, what are some of those day-to-day -day challenges that are so important for, for something like Bosom Buddies it becomes so important to have that organisation to support those day-to-day -day things? What are some of those day-to-day -day Well, things? I think for most of us, the first thing is the shock mm. of being diagnosed. And the majority of women actually find their own cancers or their partners find it. You mean physically? Yes. So they go to see a doctor. The doctor sends them off for tests, and they find out that they have breast cancer. And most GPs are not well equipped to cope with the counseling side of it. So then they wait, and they finally get to see a surgeon within a, you know, a week or two. And during that period, they really have difficulty. We mm. wish we could reach out to more and more of them and say, just call somebody and talk. Mm. Um, we wish more GPs would refer those women to, to groups like us. Yeah. Because um, 
it's just a very scary time. I can imagine. You've just been told that there's a chance you could die. Mm. And you don't hear it reasonably as 91% of all women in the ACT survive breast cancer. Mm. That's that not what you hear. Pretty close, yes. This is a great, actually, this is a, if you have to have it, I keep saying to people, have it in, Can- have it in Canberra. <laughs> this is the first city that used teamwork. So the doctors all met as a group to determine therapy. So there are a lot of good things like that here. And then um, you go through the surgery and you wake up and you're missing one or two breasts or a piece of a breast or something and you find out how serious it was. And two weeks later, you get a pathology report and, and, and then they can really tell you how serious the whole thing mm. is and do you need more surgery. And that's a terrible period mm. to go through. And for many women, their husbands have no idea how to support them. Mm. Some guys just turn away. Um, some people have told me that their friends just won't even come visit because they can't cope with it. Mm. Um, and so those are the things that suddenly you need a group around you yeah. and you need help. That was Sally Saunders of Bosom Buddies ACT explaining the vital role of this volunteer organisation for the local community. We've come to the end of our program. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up on Tuesday's edition of Subject ACT, Doug Dobing interviews exhibition curator Ross Heathcote and Midnight Oils members Rob Hurst and Jim Mogany about the nationally acclaimed exhibition that opened recently at the Tugnarong Arts Centre. Coming up next, Community Broadcast Network's All the Best. You've been listening to Subject ACT on 2XX 98.3. I'm Becca Posterino. Enjoy your day. 